Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 9, 27. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and my people and I are wicked. Entreat the Lord that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city... I will spread out my hands to the Lord, the thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. You see that? Moses knew. He didn't mean it. What kind of a repentance was this? It was a lip service fake repentance. I just don't want the trouble. Whatever. Just I'll do whatever. It wasn't real. He says, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. Verse 31, now the flax and the barley were struck, for the barley was in the head and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they are late crops. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread out his hands to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet more, and he hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken by Moses. This is such a powerful display of power here brought to Pharaoh uh, and, and it got him to declare, I've sinned. And so he agreed to let the Israelites go. Moses said he'd ask God to stop the plague, but he knew Pharaoh's repentance was not real. I have heard some fake repentances before. I know how to spot them because I used to make a whole bunch of them. I used to make a repentance that wasn't right, and I knew it wasn't right. And some people do it, and I know it ain't a good repentance either. It's not a genuine, authentic repentance. And you can spot it like anything. It's not real. His repentance was self-seeking. It was a selfish repentance. I'll say whatever, just make everything stop, make it the way I want it. That's not repentance. Pharaoh did not say, I've sinned, and I should start serving God. All he said was, I've sinned, stop all this stuff. Did you catch that? No, all he said was just enough to get the damage to quit. And that's a very saddening thing that people do. I've seen it many times. People who say they repent of their sins is a lip service. They just say it to get something out of it for themselves. You see, you cannot confess a statement of repentance just to try to get God to take your problems so that you can get right back to doing things your own way again. A genuine confession of sin... A genuine act of repentance always comes with a desire to serve God and do things His way. Pharaoh hadn't got there yet. And so his admission in repentance was fake. 
And what's interesting here is that Moses was able to see Pharaoh's repentance and confession. It just wasn't real. He can spot it. Friends, you've heard me talk about repenting and coming to Jesus, admitting that you're a sinner and declaring Jesus as your Lord. But I'm sad to say I've seen people do this, but they didn't mean it. They did it to appease someone. Maybe they did it to appease me because I asked them to do it or said they should do it. And maybe they thought they were convincing God to give them something that they wanted, like Pharaoh here is doing. They didn't mean it. And those who are gods can often tell when you don't mean it. How? Because your fruits. How do you act? What are you really doing? What's your life saying? How does your behavior conduct it? How do you conduct yourself? Will your behavior give you a way that you have really made Jesus your Lord or not? Is there ever any real change in your life? I know people that say they're saved. They cannot find one place in their life where they've changed at all. They still do the same old, same old. No change, no conversion. I'm sorry. If you haven't changed, you're not saved. How can you say that, Ray? The Bible says it. Pharaoh was, it was a fake repentance. It says in verse 35, Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he wouldn't let Israel go. Pharaoh didn't mean it and his actions proved it. It wasn't a real repentance, so he didn't let Israel out. Exodus 10 and 1, the eighth plague of locusts. Now the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants that I may show these signs of mine before him. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. See, he's saying do this so that you can pass this down your line. You can tell everybody down, from all your descendants down, what the Lord did, right? Verse 3, So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth. And they will eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail. And they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses, the houses of all your servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your fathers' fathers have seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. So this plague reveals another purpose for the judgments. Besides humbling Pharaoh and bringing about Israel's deliverance, the plagues showed God's power. And by these signs, Israel would know that He is the Lord, Yahweh. He said, you're going to know I'm God when you watch what happens. Locusts flying by the millions can completely devastate miles and miles of crops. They were going to finish off whatever the previous plagues didn't get. And just like the frogs and the flies, the locusts would enter into people's houses. They're crawling in bed with you. They're getting in your pots and pans, in your ovens. They're getting in your water if it's not still blood. And now, just like the hail, the locust invasion would be unprecedented and damaging. Exodus 10 and 7. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going? I almost laugh when I read that. So who's going? Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds we will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, 
The Lord had better be with you when, when I let you and your little ones go. Beware for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord. For that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Such disaster as locust caused even Pharaoh's own guys. We're in trouble. Egypt is destroyed. And they said, it's just not worth the price of having Egypt completely ruined to let the Israelites stay here. It's not worth it. So Pharaoh gave in to Moses. He gave in to Moses' general request, not the specifics. And he said, go. But Moses never said he would return to the people. He didn't say we're coming back, but he said, take the men. Now, Pharaoh gathered that since Moses said that everybody was going, young and old and their flocks and everything, that the intention would be that they're going to stay gone. We're taking everything we got, animals and all. Pharaoh gathered, oh, so you ain't coming back then. This is why Pharaoh said, not so, after he heard that everybody and everything would be leaving. And so Pharaoh's always trying to tweak the deal, isn't he? Only the men are allowed to go, no children, no livestock, just the guys. Pharaoh wanted to set things up to where the men would want to return back to their family so he could put them back to work again, fixing up all of Egypt's damage, and then put them right back to making bricks, and they'd be right back in the same boat they've been in for the last 400 years. Only your men go. Everybody else has to stay. Now, apparently, uh, Moses and Aaron, they would not settle for this compromise. And so they were expelled from the court. They were driven out. Friends, remember this here. Remember this right here. Never compromise with evil. Never compromise with evil. If you belong to Jesus, walk in His ways and never give in. Not even a little bit. Walk in the righteousness and will of the Lord. Making Jesus Lord means you make Him the boss. So that means you do what He says. People are always going to try to tweak you into doing something that you know you should not do. In fact, that's, that's the big word in our culture today is the word tolerance. Tolerance. Have tolerance. Meaning you've got to allow for everybody and everything. That means you've got to run way over this way and way over that way. Lots of tolerance. Have tolerance. People often tell me, Ray, you're intolerant. You're just so intolerant. Why are you so intolerant? Here's why I'm intolerant. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to what? Destruction. I don't want to go there. How about you? You want to call me intolerant? I don't care. This is why I do it. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. God, let me be. I am one of those few. Intolerant? Yes, I am. Because I'm trying to stay on the narrow way which leads to life. These people that shout intolerance, just look at their life. You'll see the problems and the sin infesting it. I don't want that in my life. I live a life of peace at this present time in my life. I live a peaceful, happy, joyful life in Jesus Christ. Why would I want to go blow all that, mess it up? Why would I open the door to let all these locusts and garbage in? You've got to walk a fine line. I used to work uh, for doing radio stuff, and we were on top of one of the tallest buildings in Houston. And you get up there, there's this little walkway going to the antennas on top of the building, and you better stay on that walkway. If you don't, destruction. We were up there, and I said, man, I am staying right here. And you know what? You've got to live your life like that. Oh, come on, Ray, let's go run. No. Gust of wind, you're off, man. I ain't falling down in the middle of Houston like that. Cars look like ants. You better stay on that narrow way. Oh, you're intolerant. Well, yeah. 
Why would I want to give all that up just because somebody thinks I have to be more tolerant? And on top of that, have you ever noticed that the people who demand tolerance won't give any? If they were tolerant, they wouldn't have sued that bakery for not making the gay wedding cake. They focus on what they want and that's all they go for. They focus on their agenda and they say, we're going to do it. Well, why don't we do that with Jesus Christ? Focus on Jesus. Make Him the only one that you will serve. I'm serving Jesus. I'm walking the narrow way. And if you want to walk to your destruction, that's your business. But I ain't going to follow you there. I urge you to follow me. Come get on this narrow path that leads to life. Stay on it. And do not compromise your walk for anybody. No one. Moses and Aaron would not do it, and they got run out of Pharaoh's court for it, but they would not compromise. Exodus 10 and 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land and all that the hail is left. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind over the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened. And they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. You know, guys, this happened as a result of Pharaoh's stubbornness and unwillingness to repent. All of Egypt was affected. You know, you may think, well, you know, I'll repent later because my own unrepentance, it only affects me. No, it doesn't. It affects absolutely everybody. Your own unrepentance, you come in here, it affects everybody in this church. The Bible says a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. You're accountable in here. So Egypt now sits deprived economically, socially, and theologically. Everything's gone. All their gods got stomped out, the ones that don't exist. Everything's gone. And again, God stomps out everything to do this, to show them this. The Egyptian sky goddess. Man, I told you, they worshipped frogs. They worshipped everything, right? The Egyptian sky goddess that they had could not control the wind that brought the locusts in. The god of the crops and fertility could not prevent the locusts from destroying their crops. Friends, this is why you walk on the narrow path. Those that demand that you have tolerance for evil, this is what happens to them. Destruction. What did we read in Matthew? It said, wide is the gate that leads to what? Destruction. Pharaoh and Egypt are going through destruction because they would not walk on the narrow way according to the Lord. And if you are walking in a way other than with God... This is what you have to look forward to, destruction, even down to the last little bit that you have. Can I remind you again, right now is a good time to repent of your sins and get right with Jesus Christ. I can't say it enough. Exodus 10, 16, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, see now he's in a hurry, and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin. Only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust 
in all the territory of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. Here we go again. You know, Pharaoh just drove Moses out. I'm sure that didn't feel good, but now he's begging Moses to entreat the Lord for him. And Moses does it. Moses didn't go, oh, you've been pretty rude to me. I ain't doing nothing for you. It would have been like, you made your bed, now lay in it. Moses didn't say that. Moses reacted in a godly way, and that's something we all have to do. If you're on the narrow way, leading to life, walking in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you've got rude people in your life trying to make you compromise to every little thing, trying to adjust you and manipulate you all the time. And there has to be a point where at some time God's going to humble them down and they're going to ask, hey, would you do something for me? And, you, and it's not our place to go, well, I remember all the stuff you did. I ain't doing nothing. What did Moses do? He did what God told him to. He entreated the Lord. God had a bigger purpose in mind. And the same for that person that just pushes your buttons. God has a bigger picture than you can see. You just need to obey and do what he tells you to do with that person. Let him take care of the rest. Don't be vengeful. Don't be hateful. You can do that all while still not being tolerant of willful sin. Moses entreated the Lord and he reversed the wind and blew the locusts out to the sea. But God hardened his heart again. And again, for those who don't think this Pharaoh, what God is doing is that he knows that Pharaoh is not genuinely repentant. He knows that. He's just being repentant about the things now because it's hard right now. See those people, they're repentant and they're all come to church and they're all waving their hands and they're going on when things are hard. And when things get good, where do they go? Okay, Pharaoh's like, oh, he's all in it now. Only because things are hard. God puts people through trials to wake them up so that they will come to genuine repentance, a repentance that has a real fear of God to it. God isn't being mean to Egypt. He's being merciful. Well, how can He be merciful by hardening Pharaoh's heart? I don't understand. How does that work? God is pushing hard with extreme measures so that many people would wake up and trust God. They're trusting in the wrong things. That's why God's doing this. It's actually an act of mercy. God is trying to save people from a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, let's just call it hell. The word nobody likes to hear. God's trying to wake them up, save them from that. It's not for us to go, oh, why did He send all these plagues? He's trying to save them from something infinitely worse. And in the process, delivering the Israelites out to the promised land. It's going to take extreme measures to make this happen. Exodus 10 and 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. They had light. We have the light of Christ. I don't care what's coming over this earth. We've got the light of Christ. If you will walk in the narrow way and be his. Verse 24, Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, You must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. For we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. 
Take heed to yourself and see my face no more, for in the day you see my face, you shall die. So Moses said, you have spoken well, I will never see your face again. This darkness could be felt. It's possible. It was a sandstorm that blotted out the sun, and it was felt by all with sandblasting everybody, limiting their vision. But whatever it was, the Egyptian sun god was snuffed out. Again, God stepped on their their gods again. He stepped on their sun god. And this was especially, you see how mad Pharaoh is now? The reason this was made him extra mad is because Pharaoh was directly linked to the sun god. They considered Pharaoh a god linked to the sun god. Now it's personal. The Lord's been stomping all over their belief system. Now finally God stomped directly on Pharaoh himself. Stripping him of the power that the people held him with. Yeah, you can see why he said, get away. Get out of here. Leave me alone. Don't ever let me see you again. And no wonder Moses said, you've spoken well. (laughs) It's kind of like, hey, I'm fine by that. I'm out of here. Bye. But notice, Moses was not compromising to evil. Pharaoh said, go, but your animals can't leave. Moses said, not one hoof of our animals will be left. If you remember when the plagues first started, Moses allowed a little bit more up front. But now the judgments are getting worse. They're getting worse and worse. And now Moses is allowing no compromise at all. None. Christians have been compromising for far too long. In the process, we have emboldened our friends to go sin and think that their sin's okay. They don't know the true God of Israel and how He views sin because we really haven't represented it much. We compromise. We have to do our very best to walk in repentance. And when we slip, follow it up quickly with forgiveness, fast. But don't compromise yourself to others to walk outside of the will of God. I had no compromise up on that building to walk anywhere but on that walkway. Live your life like that in Jesus Christ. The judgments coming to America are getting worse. Do not compromise your walk in Jesus to anyone. Be holy. Be set apart. Do not compromise with anyone on it. Not one hoof. Not one hoof. Every single soul that enters into His presence are only those who have fully submitted their lives to Jesus Christ. And nobody else will enter. No compromise to that. We who call ourselves Christians, we have got to get this perspective of God permanently chiseled into us, forever engraved, that we should not cannot and will not compromise ourselves to sin. Not one hoof. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. 
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.